One body, one church. This is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. It will be up on the screen. Our bodies, our human bodies, have many parts, but the many parts make up only one body. When they are all put together, so it is with the body of Christ. And so this morning, we're looking at what the Bible teaches us as to how the church is the body of Jesus Christ. And I want you to focus on this. The church is one body. Now, of course, while we are meeting together here this morning in the city of Suwon, throughout Korea, and at different times around the globe, there are going to be many, many different congregations, local gatherings of Christians that are meeting. Some will be very, very small in number, maybe just a small handful, a group of people. Others will be what's come to be known as mega churches, thousands upon thousands of people meeting together at one time, different sizes of congregations, local congregations around the world. But the Bible tells us this, there is just one church. And that church, which is the collection of all believers, those who love and follow Jesus Christ, is known in the Bible as the body of Jesus Christ. The church is the body of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27 says, as Paul writes to Christians, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Now listen, this is really important. The Bible does not say Christians are like the body of Jesus. The Bible says we are the body of Jesus Christ. Collectively, together, we make up Christ's body here on earth today. We are not a mirror image of Jesus Christ We are not just somebody or a group of people that aim to be like him. In the earth today, you and I as Christians, we actually are Christ's body. And that's really important because whether we're three years old or 103 year old or anywhere in between as a Christian, that means that you and I, are not just a representation of Christ in the earth today. We are him. We are his body. Jesus, the man, now is with his father in heaven. His body is the church. And his body continues to do what The man Jesus did 2,000 years ago. 
And so the church is not like the body of Christ. It actually is the body of Christ. Point number two, the body of Jesus Christ is made up of different parts. Let me read you these verses out of Romans chapter 12. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same functions, so in Christ we, though we are many, we form one body and each member belongs to all the others really simple but very important truths for us as the church to allow the holy spirit to teach us about you see when we become a christian god doesn't try to clone us. He doesn't try to make us into something which is identical to every other Christian. He doesn't give us a list of behavioral patterns and say, now you're a Christian, this is what you must be like. Now that you're following after Jesus, this is what you should do. God doesn't do that. But sadly, many, many people who follow Christ do believe that God speaks to us that way. And people are trying to become something. They're trying to model themselves. They're trying to change themselves and shape and mold themselves into what they think a Christian should be like. But God doesn't do that. And if you'll hear that right there, some of us can get set free from some of those chains that we talked about when we were sharing communion together. Because some of us have for years and years tried to conform to something that we think God wants us to be like. But deep down in our hearts, we think to ourselves, but it's not real. It's not genuine. It's not authentic. When I try to be what I think God wants me to be like, it's pretense. It's an act. It's not real. And there's a reason for that. Because God doesn't tell us to try and become something. What he does is he fills each one of us with his Holy Spirit. And he gives us Christ's And his life. And the Bible says that if we will let Christ live his life in and through us. Then we will reflect the glory of God. But as we do that, we're not all trying to become the same. We don't have to suddenly dress the same. Talk the same. Pray the same. Act the same. Because the Bible says in just the same way as our human bodies are made up of different parts doing different things, so is the body of Christ. 
the nation's church. We're, we're not trying to get people to become a certain type of person that we think the Bible says we should be. Just look around at the moment. Just do it. Look around. If we were trying to do that, we have miserably failed. Because to start with, none of us look the same. I think we have just about every color skin that there is possibly to be found in the world right now, here in this room. We have people from about 25 different nationalities. We have people who speak different languages. We have people from just about every denomination and church background that you can imagine. We have people who pray different ways, worship different ways, pray, praise God different ways. I'm sure we have people who read just about every translation of the Bible. So if we were trying to get everybody to conform to become a certain way, a certain type of person, we failed. But praise God, we're not trying to do that. Diversity is a strength. When we accept and embrace the differences Within one another. And the Bible says, just like the body is made up of different parts, so is the body of Christ. Look at these verses. Our bodies have many parts, but the many parts make up only one body when they are all put together. So it is with the body of Christ. Each one of us is a part of one body of Christ. Someone comes to you and says, you shouldn't pray like that, or you shouldn't worship like that. It sounds like they're trying to conform you into something that they think you should be. But I would say, let Christ be the one who prays through you, who worships through you. Let him be the one who shapes and forms you. Each of us is a part of the one body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles, Paul says. In other words, some come from the race that God chose as these certain people, but others don't. We are here today from many different nationalities. We may have been raised in families where God was loved, honored, and followed. We may not have been raised in such families. He says some are slaves and some are free. Some are masters. Different people have different positions in life. Different people have different skills and qualifications. But those things do not determine who we are in the body of Christ. They don't separate us. Aren't you thankful that we don't have all the executives, the COEs, sit in special armchairs over here? And those who are teachers sit in the middle block here. And those who are not COEs or T CEOs. See, I'm not even educated enough to know which way around to put the letters. I'd be sitting out in the foyer. Or as they say in France, the foyer. I don't know. We, there is no separation and segregation. And I think it's just so beautiful in, in this miraculous church that we're so different and yet God is making us one body in Christ. 
But the Holy Spirit, listen, has fitted us all together. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't separate. He doesn't say, now, you young ones, you stay over there, and you older ones stay over here. You young ones, you do this. You older ones, you do this. No, the Holy Spirit fits us together, joins us. You see, it's man's thinking that separates It's the Holy Spirit that joins. He fits us all together into one body, united in Christ. We have been baptized or we have been fully immersed into Christ's body by one spirit and have all been given that same Holy Spirit. Can you begin to see the picture that God has of his church. The picture is formed when we realize that one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to fit us all together. You know, sometimes I think about the responsibility that Jesus has given me as one of the pastors of this church, and I say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that you have not given me the responsibility to join together people from so many nations, with so many languages, so many cultures, and so many church backgrounds, because I would not know where to start. It's the Holy Spirit who does it. My friends, I don't know if you realize this, but as part of this church, you're part of a miracle. You're part of something that many people believe is not possible. As God, the Holy Spirit, fits us together into one body. Point number three, every part is important for the body of Christ to function and to fulfill God's purpose. We've spoken to you over the last month or so about how once every month, We're going to be coming together in our worship service as a church family. We're going to bring all the children from Rooted and all the young people from Unlimited and integrate together into one service. I want to say this. This is not an idea of the nations. I believe this is God's pattern. God's model for church. Because every part of the body is important so that the body can function. And when we detach and we separate certain parts of the body, it cannot function how it's meant to. It's not possible. Don't try it. But if you were to lose an arm or even a hand or even a finger, your body is unable to function as it is designed to. My friends, the church cannot fulfill the purposes that God has purposed for it when it is segregated and separated. And so this is not a nation's idea. This is a God's plan. Listen to what the Bible says. Yes, the body has many parts, not just one. 
If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand. Let me paraphrase that. If a young person says, I'm not part of the church because I'm not old enough yet. If a child says, I'm not part of the church yet because I'm too young. That does not make it any less a part of the body. And yet, so often, we're open to allowing the church to be separated and not just one body. You read these verses on. And what would you think if you heard an ear say? Well, if you heard an ear talk, you'd probably freak out. Metaphorically speaking, I think. What would you say if you heard an ear say, I am not part of the body because I am only an ear and not an eye? Would that make it any less part of the body? Suppose the whole body were an eye. Then how would you hear? Or if your whole body were just one big ear, how could you smell anything? Have you ever read the the Bible paraphrase, uh, The Message, by Eugene Peterson? If you've got a copy of that or you haven't, go online. Read 1 Corinthians 12 out of The Message. He says, if the whole body were an eye, it wouldn't be an eye, it would be a monster. And it's really true. When we try to to make ourselves and copy one another and all become identical to each other, we don't don't function as the body. We become something that's quite monstrous. And in the nation's church, what we believe in is raising people to be everything that God has called us to be. And that's going to be different. And that is okay. But that isn't the way God has made us. He has made many parts for our bodies and has put each part just where he wants it. Sometimes when we move around the world, uh, quite a few of us here at the Nations, we're here for a while to do with work or whatever, and then we move on. And if ever I get a chance to to communicate with you as you're preparing to move, I'll always say something like this. Are you going where God wants you to be? Why do I do that? Because it's important that we join to the part of the body where God wants us to be. He made us as parts of one body. Each part has been put into the body just where he wants it. What a strange thing a body would be if it had only one part. And so he has made many parts, but there is still only one body. Can you begin to see yourself as the church, as the body of Christ? You see, one of the things that the enemy, Satan, loves to do is to isolate us. Always remember that. Satan loves to isolate us. 
And sometimes we can be part of a local congregation and we can feel something like this. I don't fit in. I'm, I'm just completely different from everybody else. I don't feel like I'm part of that body. Those are probably thoughts that the enemy is helping you to have. Because when he isolates you, he detaches you from the very creation, the church, that God has made for us to be part of. And we're going to be different. But listen, God is the one that places us right where he wants us. Last point, number four. Jesus is and he must always be the head of his body. The head of the church. In England, in, in England, people say that the Queen, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, is the head of the Church of England. I think she's an amazing woman, but she's not the head of the church. Jesus is. It's not a place that any human can take. It is only the place that Jesus can take. Listen what the Bible says in Ephesians 4. Instead of being deceived by lies, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Paul says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. We have been immersed into Christ. Christ has fitted us, joined us, placed us into his one body. And yet, we're still so incredibly different. And that is the way God intended it to be. My friends, in the nation's church, it doesn't matter what our age is. From the very youngest right through to the very oldest. It doesn't matter where we were raised. It doesn't matter what church background we have. It doesn't matter how academic, how skilled, how trained, how experienced we are. Those things do not determine our place in the body of Christ. What does is this. That we abide in him. And he abides in us. That we allow Christ to live his life. In and through us. And when we do that. This verse out of Ephesians 4 says. When we see Christ as our head. When we allow him to live his life in and through us, this amazing miracle takes place. We all become like him. Still different, but all like him. We become literally the body of Christ. And the body grows and it strengthens and it fulfills the purpose of God 
one church, many parts, one body, many parts, all different. And here is the beautiful work of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ bringing us together and making us as one. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can read it. We thank you that your Holy Spirit teaches us the truth that is within your word. Father, I pray today that every one of us here will go home with the truths of your words in our hearts going over and over. And that over the next few days that you will continue to speak to us concerning our place in the body of Jesus. Father, maybe we have indeed felt isolated. I pray your Holy Spirit will help us to know that we are joined to one another. Perhaps we have felt that we are surplus to requirement, that there is no place in the body for us. Father God, may your Holy Spirit reveal how that that is a lie and that the truth is that Jesus places every single one of us with purpose in his body. Father, it may be that we have experienced severe challenges through some church experiences. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will bring healing into our hearts, that we will forgive, that we will move beyond that place. It may be that we have said, I will only come into the church so far and no further. Father, I pray that you would fill us with such confidence in your ability to care for us and join us together that we will not just dip our toes, but we will <laughs> baptize ourselves fully into Christ himself. In Jesus' name. Just as we're in prayer, please keep our eyes closed and our head bowed. I want to invite anybody who's with us here this morning or listening on recording, and you've never given your life to Jesus. It's a massive decision to make. It's the biggest you will ever make because it means that you literally give all of you to him you realize that you're a sinner that you're separate from God and that the only way that you can come close to God is by receiving forgiveness through Jesus Christ he becomes your savior and he becomes your master if you say, Pastor, I know I need to give my life to the Lord this morning. Why don't you quietly, where you are, pray a prayer, something like this. Say, God, I'm so thankful that you love me. And I'm so thankful that Jesus was willing to give his life for mine. I know I am separate from you, God. I know that I cannot deal with the sin in my heart 
myself. And so I come to you and say, God, forgive me. Save me. Give me, please, that eternal life. Give me a new heart. Because God, from this moment on, what I desire more than anything else is to follow you. Thank you for giving me your Holy Spirit and for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.